Ladies and gentlemen, for tonight's Maestro Review, we will be conducting it entirely on our feet. Gerald, if you please. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Two Peas on a Podcast. Gerald here with you, and across the way on the trombone, Nicholas, how are you? Is there a trombone in this movie? I don't... <laughs> is that a thing? What is that? I mean, there's orchestras in the movie, so I would presume yeah, sure. there's probably a trombone <laughs> or two somewhere in the somewhere in the mixture. Why well, is it the first instrument that came to my mind, though? Because I did that off the cuff. That was weird. Probably because long slender thing yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know didn't take long for us to get it there now look this has nothing to do with the review has nothing to do with the show has nothing to do with literally anything that this podcast has anything to do about i got the panthers beanie back on because they scored zero points in the final game of the season (laughs) and i'm just proud of them so i wanted some type of panther victory and i adorning my bald head with hey they got that. rid of the gm that's victory enough yeah there you go also it's cold out here so i need something on my head there so panthers yeah. are good for something this time of year keeping my head warm uh nicholas we're discussing bradley cooper's maestro tonight now that's the main review and it's probably if i had to guess the last like kind of big 2023 player for award season and stuff that we'll be reviewing on this show and we've been talking about doing this for about a month or so now and don't give anything away quite yet, but we're both big fans of of Mr. Cooper, and we both love to star as born. And uh, the guy is just an artist, man. I mean, he he really is. And I'm excited to talk about this movie with you. It's um it's going to be an interesting discussion. And I know you just watched it not even a couple hours ago, so I'm excited to hear your fresh take on it. But Nick, now don't do the one big question yet. Because I want to talk about kind of where we're going the next week or so on the show, the next couple of weeks. 2023 is obviously over. We're into the new year. I do a movie awards every year, a fan voted movie awards called the Golden Peas. All right. It's the first I'm hearing of this, by the way. You don't know anything about this. You've <laughs> been a part of this. But it's coming up. So next Monday from when you're listening to this, which will be January 15th, Our buddy JD from In Session and Nicole from Awards Watch are coming back. They did it last year, and they're going to host my nomination special. They're going to announce the nominees in all, I believe it's nine categories this year, and we're going to be celebrating the year in film that is 2023. And then once we announce it, it'll be, uh, I think, like a a two-and-a-half-week voting period where people can vote on their favorites. And then we will have the actual awards broadcast, which, of course, our boy, the god of podcasting, Brian Loisos, will be back to help me co-host that and announce the winners. And that'll be in mid-February. I'm thinking the 18th, but we'll see how Lloyd's schedule looks and we'll do it sometime in February for sure. And then guess what you and I are doing two days after that. The next episode that you'll hear on the main feed of the podcast is our top five movies of 2023. And it was announced on social media last week with our good friend, Justin Winters. How about that? The movie geek himself. I can't wait to hear his voice on a microphone again. Oh man, it's been, it's been so long. I how long ago? What was it? Twenty twenty one, I think. Uh, the last time yeah. Movie Geek folded. It's been it's been a long time since I've heard he and Chrissy. Me too. Yeah. I'm gonna have to ask him. I think I'm not even kidding. I think maybe the last time he recorded something was with me. <laughs> we did our top Might five game shows <laughs> like two years ago. I mean, this guy only comes on when I ask him to get up, and you know, it might it might have been plug his microphone in winners winners is chrissy still making her fudge that's all that's all mm. i gotta know is is chrissy still making her fudge that was like a super that was ages and ages ago on efg he told a story about chrissy yeah. mixing together like brown sugar splenda blend and what? margarine <laughs> and stuff and like and like some like cocoa powder or something and making fun like fudge out of like this terrible tasting wow. horrible fudge it was an it was an amazing thing i still i still think about that from time to time that's actually the one big question this week all right let's roll it is chrissy making her fudge <laughs> 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 oh man no i look dude 
I love winners. I mean, you know that. Yeah. And I, I just said, look, man, you want to come out of retirement? Because I, I follow him on Letterboxd. And every once in a while, he'll pop on Twitter when he goes to the theater to see stuff. So I know he's been watching a lot of movies this year. But he just doesn't have an outlet to talk about it anymore. I said, hey, man, come out of retirement. Plug in the mic. Let's go. Now, Winters does this thing, though. It's kind of sensual because he, like, records, like, in his bed. <laughs> have yeah. you ever recorded with him? He, like, lays in the yeah. bed. like. Yeah. So I think he knows we're going to be on camera next week. I don't know if it's going to be, like, a Kate Winslet and Titanic situation or what, but he might be spread out there on the on the bed. I don't know. But uh, either, either way, I'm excited about it. I love me some Winters. So. I'm really – Really excited for it. I I, yeah. I I wanted to I wanted to cut in here really 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 quick though do because it. we do have we do have our top five of twenty twenty three come up. However, Gmon. So, beginning yes. of twenty twenty three, I saw nothing. Mm. Pretty much nothing. I think uh, when did I see the whale? That was like December twenty twenty two. I think that was the twenty twenty two film. Yeah. Yeah, and then and then I didn't see anything else in the theater until I think when I saw Dungeons and Dragons: Honor Among Thieves. Ooh, that's a good one. I think that was a huge gap in in time in there. And plus, I'm so far behind on 2023 film still. Eh. So I want from you. This is what I want from you. You don't have to do it on the spot right now because this, oh, this would be too hard for you to do it on the spot right now. You're wearing the Panthers hat and it's going to your oh, brain. God. Yeah. Probably melting it. But but yeah. I need I need a, I need a list. I need a short <laughs> list of 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 the things that I have to watch that I missed from. You have a generally good idea of what I've missed. From, well, you're going to get that year. next week. <laughs> It'll be too late. So, but, but I need to watch them before so I can make a more informed uh, list. That's what right. I'm telling you. So I need you to send me some homework. That's, that's your job. I was going to say, you know what homework. I can do? You know what I can do to not really like give anything away is I can send you a couple articles that have like best of lists that I think are pretty well-rounded. You And you can look at those and you can go, oh, I haven't seen XYZ. And uh Okay. But look, man, I mean, you've seen Saltburn, so you're good to make your top wow. five right now. I mean, uh, yeah, let's be honest. I mean, you know. it'll make the top five if I've only seen uh, five <laughs> films in 2023. That's a that's an oh, eight. man. I got a, I got a, I got a golden piece question for you, too. Really? Yeah, quick. sure. Hit me with it. Yeah. Is there a category this year for uh, best film featuring animatronic murder robots? Because it's not going to have a winner. It, it, we're just gonna you're just gonna like whoever the presenter is they're gonna open the envelope we're gonna be like this is just a blank card it's i know they're gonna open yeah. and be like well i guess there were not enough for i it's funny <laughs> you mentioned that though because honestly i'm gonna ask you guys when we do the recording next week you know what your biggest disappointment of the year was and not necessarily the worst film of the year but just your biggest disappointment so kind of be thinking on that too like one that you were kind of pumped for that just shit the bed you know so it's kind of funny that you bring that up because, I mean, I remember you being really excited for Five Nights at Freddy's. You know, you were well, pumped to do that review. And then you saw I it. I was and, you know. sort of fine. It it was. Yeah. 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 Well, in any event, at the end of the day, what we're saying is there's a lot of 2023 celebratory stuff coming up in the next couple of weeks yep. here on the 2P. So make sure you subscribe. Make sure you follow the podcast on your favorite podcatcher. Uh, all the information is below in the show notes. And you can follow us and be ready for that. Monday, January 15th is a nominations special with JD and Nicole. Uh, two days later, our top five movies of the year with Justin Winters will be out. And then, like I said, I will let you guys know the exact date, but the Golden Peace Ceremony will be live, by the way, on YouTube uh, mid-February-ish. Mid uh, but I will let everybody know when I talk to Louis Saw so we nail that uh, date down. So, all right, Nick. We got to talk about Wait my show tonight. Oh, go ahead. Hang on. I got one more. Yes. So speaking of award shows, yes. I didn't watch it. Yeah. But just overall thoughts on the Globes, because I didn't I didn't watch it, but I know you did. I did. So I uh, wanted to I wanted to hear, although I did hear some of the super cringe jokes geez. that the the host of it mm -hmm. did that were just I um not 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 a, not a great look in 2024, bud. No. <laughs> Like going I, um, after women hard. Like, oh, it was brutal. I mean, he was like talking shit about Taylor Swift. He was talking shit about Barbie. I mean, it was, I mean, Oppenheimer. I mean, it was crazy. 
But I I think his name is Joe Coy, I think. This is a comedian's name. And I did not even know who that dude was. I'm not even – like, I've literally never heard it. And I'm not meaning any, any disrespect to him or any of his fans. I just did, I didn't I, know. I heard, the con- I heard the jokes on the Golden Globes. I mean all the disrespect. I will double <laughs> Gerald's non-disrespect and, and, and shove that um, along the side. But, you know, it's funny because, it, you know, he got that gig 10 days before the Globes. And he actually mentioned that during his monologue. And I think that kind of speaks volumes to like people are catching on like that is a hard gig, like arguably the hardest room to play to from a stand up comic perspective. Like it's just tough. You know what I mean? So I feel bad for him in that respect, you know, because I mean, he's getting a for all intents and purposes, he's getting a shot. And he blew it. So it was not it was not funny. I don't feel bad because Well You're you though. Barbie's a movie about a doll with boobies. I know. I know. It's I, I you had ten it's like he wrote that ten minutes before he went on the air in the bathroom backstage. Yeah. Like that's that's what it sounded like. And his only jokes were let's make fun of women some more. Yeah, it was not it was not it wasn't good. good. It was he terrible. was terrible. To answer your question, and then we can move. I'll keep it brief because I've actually thought about this today. A couple people texted me about it and stuff that are huge awards, you know, junkies like me. A quick summary. I didn't do any kind of reaction or anything like that on YouTube because I just haven't had time to do it. But just a quick summary. I hated the host like we're just talking about. Anytime he was on stage, I was like, let's let's go. Let's just predict. Nobody wants to see you. But the show itself, the big surprises for me as I was watching, it was like, holy shit, was Barbie actually losing? in comedy, musical or comedy, to Poor Things. I was, I mean, I like Poor Things, but I was really kind of surprised by that. And then also, The Boy and the Heron beat Spider-Verse, across the Spider-Verse for Best Animated, which was pretty huge. Miyazaki's last film, so not necessarily surprising, but I think Spider-Verse has been a huge favorite among basically all pundits and periodicals, so... To start out with the first major award show and it not winning was kind of a like, oh, uh-oh, <laughs> watch out. You know, so we'll see. I mean, those were the only two big surprise takeaways. I mean, Oppenheimer racked up. It won the most awards. Not surprising. Nolan won. Uh, Killian Murphy won. Did you see the photo on Twitter of Paul Giamatti at an In-N-Out burger with his Golden Globe? I I, <laughs> I about died laughing. That's like that's oh perfect. My God, just, so and he's got good. it sitting right there on the table, just oh. sitting right there on the table, just eating an In-N-Out burger. I saw after, that today, and I saw that today. That's great I, stuff. I texted my daughter because she's in California right now. She went on a trip there before school starts back because uh, she's thinking about moving there when she graduates. And I told her, I'm like, you got to go. <laughs> it made me think, like, you got to go to an In-N-Out while you're out there. Because you know they're only on the West Coast, but yeah, uh, but yeah, that was so. That was and great. It was, so, it was like something his character would do too in the holdovers, yeah. which I thought was tremendous. But it's but, like straight out of it, it. Like a lot of people are commenting and like sharing the pic of because that's like it, it, his character Miles and Sideways after like he leaves his friend's wedding and goes in his tux to like a fast food place and and is just sitting there in the booth with his bottle of sixty one Seval Chardonnay. Yeah. Or whatever whatever it is <laughs> right. I, I can't remember the exact thing but um, yeah i remember yeah like yeah. his bottle that vintage bottle of wine and he's just sitting there pouring it into a into a plastic cup and so people were like linking those two things together too i just thought it was i just i that yeah that's good stuff that was that was that was amazing i didn't i mean i didn't mean to detour, to detour us on, on so many uh on so many different things but <laughs> it's okay i mean he won for musical or comedy for the holdovers killian murphy won for drama for oppenheimer and that's gonna be that's gonna be a fucking showdown when we get to the Academy Awards because you got to imagine they'll both be in that category for best actor, and uh, Giamatti is like super beloved and he's been quote unquote snubbed in the past. That's gonna kind of be chirping in the Academy's ear, but Killian, I, I feel like this. I don't know, man. I, I think Killian Murphy's walking away with the Oscar this year, but I mean he's Oppenheimer this year, and that's like the movie, you know uh performance wise both great performances in great movies so i mean either 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 win it's it's not like a it's not like a leo in the revenant sort of thing where sure leo's entire body of work is better but he he went out of his way to make a movie just to try to win an oscar and i guess fine let's give him one so he'll shut up about it (laughs) 
and then just go, you know, make more movies with Scorsese or whatever. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Sure. So like, yeah, it's like it one, one not one of those things. I mean, not that it, he wasn't even bad in the Revenant guys. Like, please don't come for me, film Twitter. No, like, he wasn't, he wasn't. Bad in the Revenant, but he was infinitely better in about a half a dozen other things oh, yeah, was... that he got overlooked for. That's because and, and, and that's one of my biggest problems with award shows. We won't get on a big tangent about it because we got to get to Maestro. But it is like it's, it's, it's so much less. And it has become less and less over my lifetime about the achievement itself and more and more about it's your time, your body of work. It's it's and and in that case, just make the Oscars a lifetime achievement award ceremony every year, Mm -hmm. and just give them to people that you feel have earned it or are have earned their due. Funny that you mentioned that because talk about a multiple nominee with no gold. We're talking about Bradley Cooper. So funny that you mentioned that. Will it be for Maestro this year? Whether it's acting or directing, he's hurting, brother. He's hurting because Maestro came up empty last night to start award season so we'll see i'm thinking the whole prosthetic thing even though like the family came out in defense of it and i mean we're dipping into that side of it but we we still gotta whatever but like i I feel like that whole thing especially with everything going on in the, the middle east with all that kind of stuff right now on top of it like i feel like that's just something that academy voters are going to steer as wide and clear away from as they can even if even if the family gave their blessing and said our dad would be fine with it uh contextually in the movie i'm going to say it 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 doesn't really stand out as anything bad at all like you know i i think it's perfectly fine the anti defamation league says it's fine so who am i to question the anti defamation league but ne- right. nevertheless you know uh i feel like it, that's why he's it, it never nobody's touching this movie well yeah i was gonna say it, it might it might be they might be weird to touch it but it's also like because you know he was the director here obviously and it was a project that he worked on for over six years it was very close to him we'll get into the review and we'll talk about this a little bit more but i mean you want to be true to a story right so it's just a dilemma it's like a a, a fork in the road that i feel bad for filmmakers making the decision because you want to be true to the story, but you also don't want to alienate the reception of the film from you know certain groups or whatever. So I get it's all about it's all about that you know representation and and mm-hmm. and you know you're taking a job away. Well, why don't you hire a, why don't you hire a, a Jewish actor or whatever? But then it's like, well, where does it end? Like, what if they hire an actor who's only straight Jewish? But obviously, there's you know elements right. in the film that depict the relationships that uh, Bernstein had with both men and women. Mm-hmm. So like it's like if you cast and then it's like like I said, where does it end? It's it's this never ending conversation of like representation and things like yeah. that, and 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 that versus you know actors wanting to just act, tell and, the story, and, and right? Play a, play a role and, and, and portray a performance and, and things like that. So and it's a conversation that, you know, should be had. I mean, I'm not saying that I, I don't agree. think you're saying that, but I, you know, I, I, it should be had, but it's kind of like you said, it's like, you know, you get down to all these different, like kind of sub things that are layered. And it's like, you know, Bradley Cooper was extremely passionate and close to this project. And yeah, uh, we'll get into it in the review in terms of his performance and stuff. But I think yeah, yeah, he, yeah. I think it was he was fine in this movie. I'll, I'll just put it yep. that way before we get into the actual review. Nick, before we discuss Maestro. <laughs> Buried in the middle of the show, as as it is every week. Uh, we're going to head over and see what the fans asked us, and we're going to pick out one big question, buddy. You've got to ask yourself a question. I have a lot of questions. Number one, how dare you? Bam. Our buddy, Dan. You know him. We mention him a lot on this show, and he's actually editing this as we speak. So he says, when will Netflix actually get a Best Picture winner? Or when will the Academy stop handicapping Netflix movies in voting? So uh, this is a springboard for a larger discussion, but I'll just ask you real quick. Let's do the first part of his question. When will Netflix actually get a Best Picture winner? You know, that's coming up. Obviously, Maestro this year, uh, May, December this year from Todd Haynes was a big player. The Irishman, I think it was last year, maybe the year before, was a pretty big player. Got a lot of nominations. What do you think about this whole, like, Netflix releasing movies for, like, 
a couple weeks to be eligible, but then they drop on Netflix. Do you think that's, and I think this might be an extension of Dan's question, but do you think that's influencing Academy voters? They're never going to give Netflix an Academy Award if they're not playing by these old Hollywood cinematic rules. What do you think about that? I think that's I think that's the big problem. You hit the nail on the head. It's it's this archaic way of thinking. It's it's people and and listen, I love I am an ardent ardent defender in spite of all of the really bad experiences with terrible audiences, people on their phones, people talking, like you name it. Uh, experiences going to the movie theater that were just absolutely ridiculous. I will champion the theater experience over the home experience. Anytime, every time, if I can get to a theater, I'd much rather watch a film in a theater. That said, I think is it an incredibly outmoded and outdated way of thinking that a film has to have a theatrical run in order to qualify for any kind of awards run. The world has changed. The world is not mm-hmm. the way it was a hundred years ago where mm-hmm. you had to go to a movie house in order to watch something in the cinema. Like you ba- basically a hundred years ago, you, you, you couldn't even watch it on a television either. Right. You know? You only had the choice of going to a movie house. Like the, the world is not that way anymore. Right. And I think that, you know, you've got these, it's not just Netflix either. You've got like Apple, you've got Amazon, you've got all these different companies, these, these streaming services that are making these big prestige pictures and, and everything. And I think that, you know, art's art, man. Like right. you're like, like trying to make it apply like and, and adhere to these outmoded, outdated rules. It's, it's, it's literally, and and th- for the for all the moments of you and I that standing on our lawn shaking our fists at the kids, mm-hmm. this is one moment where we're you know yelling at the old Hollywood system and the Let's old like it's, update, it's this right. is like can too this is like art festival like film festival type crowds and stuff like that because this is big at can and all that kind of stuff too where like like literally like go back in the house old man like stop shaking your <laughs> fist at the kids on the lawn yeah. like it's okay if there's a movie on a streaming service I... it doesn't have to have a theatrical run to qualify for whatever and in fact <laughs> like i mean movie theaters today and 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 again I, i'll say it again i love the theatrical experience it's it, uh, unless you have a chain near you or unless you have a movie house near you that literally gives you a great experience imax like 40x uh alamo is 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 a great chain that really cracks down on phone usage talking all that kind of stuff like that if you have a, if, if your only choice like me you live in a market like me or like a lot of people in this country and around the world do where your only choice is between a crappy movie house and a crappy movie house where people talk uh it's cold it's drafty uh people are on their phones it doesn't you can go tell management all you want nobody cares like there are a mm-hmm. bunch of kids making minimum wage they're not going to go in there and start a fight with somebody that's on their phone or whatever mm-hmm. like the experience is not, is not what it once was if you right. want people to go to theaters like if 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 filmmakers they truly truly want to be beholden only to the theatrical experience get in league with theater owners get in league with theater chains to make the movie going experience special again Get get in there so so you crack down on people that are on their phones, crack down on people talking, do things like Alamo does and like some other some other movie right. houses do, where they have whole menus and stuff like that that they bring you out food. Like adapt it to the modern, like to to the modern sensibility, to the modern kind of sense of living, and things like that. You know, you know, like just just My- a, just going to the theater nowadays. With so many other options, with so many other ways to watch things. I mean, like I said, I think it was Five Nights at Freddy's. I mentioned that earlier. It genuinely, not even because of the quality of the film, but because of how bad the experience was, it genuinely made me question why I didn't just watch it on Peacock because it was on Peacock the same day it launched in theaters. Mm -hmm. I would have had a much better time watching it at home. Yeah, no, I agree. I'm I'm a person that is is very, very in the middle when it comes to this debate because I have young kids. And then on top of that, all the stuff that you mentioned about the experience, like I have an AMC Stubbs membership, which is similar to the one you have with Regal probably. It's like 20 yeah. bucks a month. I used to have AMC when I, lived, uh, when I lived down in uh, Endicott. But, you know, no offense to people that work at my AMC here where I live, but I, it sucks. Like I don't, I don't like the food there. I... Uh, just like one out of every five or six viewing something's wrong with the sound or the projector or like whatever. I mean, it's not, it's never like a guaranteed great experience, you know? So you look at a movie like the killer, 
which we did, which came out on Netflix, and I went to see that in Alamo, and you were mentioning Alamo, and I'm so glad that I saw it on the big screen. I like that movie a lot more than you did, but I'm glad I got to see it on a big screen. And I would I wonder, have rather seen it on the big screen. I was going to sure. say, I wonder if actually that may have affected your score as well. But uh, with me, with this debate, and then we'll move into our Maestro review, guys, is, is that I think to answer Dan's question, I think that we are in 2024, okay? The world is changing. COVID kind of accelerated a lot of these things on streaming platforms and people not wanting to leave their house. So, like, how can we entertain them if they're trapped in their house? And that got accelerated, and we are where we are. So, the world, like you said, the world is not the same as it was even 10 years ago when it comes to sure. going to the, the cinema. Now, I'm always going to go to the cinema if I have the ability to do that. And I think you're saying that too. And, and you hope it's a great experience and you know, whatever, but what to answer Dan's question, I think the Academy is going to be a long time, like a hundred plus years from now that they're going to be able to look at it through that lens and look at it that way. They're always going to kind of look at it from a, cinematic old school Hollywood way. And I think because of that, it's going to hurt studios like Netflix because when people, you know, even if you say the Netflix to me now, I think about getting DVDs in the mail, you know, when I live with my grandmother, like 20, whatever years ago, like, it's just, it's not the same as if you say 20th century Fox or, uh, you know what I mean? Like it's Paramount pictures. Like it's just a different kind of, kind of aura around Netflix. And I think that's what's going to hurt them regardless of the quality of the films because they've had some bangers. Like they've had some really really good movies. I mean, we just mentioned The Killer. That might have been my favorite quote-unquote Netflix movie this year, me personally. But I mean, highly produced, like polished, like really really good stuff. David Fincher, one of the best alive. So, and you look at Maestro I mean, with Bradley Cooper, which we're going to get into here in a second. I, I just don't know, man. I don't know how long it's going to... My answer to Dan is I don't know, because I don't know how long it's going to take Netflix to overcome that stigma of being a streaming service versus a cinematic production house. I will you know? say, to, to kind of addendum onto mine, shout out to the, the crew at My Regal, by the way, uh, because... It still is not a great experience sometimes, but they changed some of the food. Like, they changed the vendor for some of their food. I used to get their, like, boneless wings if I needed a bite to eat at the theater. And they were these horrible, terrible things, and they're much better now. Like, Mm. a completely different product. Like, they completely changed the product, and it's much much better. Um, So, shout out to them for that, I guess. Uh, But, like, addendum to that, like, a more realistic, a more practical answer to Dan's question is soon. I think soon, and here's why. Look who produced this movie. Spielberg, mm-hmm. Scorsese. Now, I know they were both attached to direct it at one point uh, and, and different things. I was reading some of the history of mm-hmm. like the making of this movie and things like that uh, previous uh, previous to the recording here. But, you know, I mean we're uh, like, you still got your, you still got your stalwarts like Nolan and like Denis Villeneuve who like are like still like out there because I mean, basically because entertainment reporters love to get clickbaity headlines. So they bait them with questions about it. Same reason people ask Scorsese about superhero movies. Uh, it like people, you realize like, like Scorsese only talks about it because these film journalists like bait him into it to get a clicky headline. Like yeah, that's sure. literally the only reason they ask him those questions. But I think like you look at the caliber of talent that you have, like the filmmakers that you have making films for studios like Netflix. Uh, you think of the history of, all major awards uh they are essentially popularity contests to a degree they are essentially about awarding in some ways who's due all you got to do is hit that right combination of Mm -hmm. the actor who has not had the accolades they deserve over time put them in their dream project with a great director whatever else it is and cha-ching there you go. Somebody's going to get it because they're due. I say I say by 2030. I'm going to put it out there. I say by 2030. For Netflix to get a best picture? Yeah. 
What's funny is that I'm pushing against that a little bit mentally just because I don't know. There's just something about the Netflix brand that I feel like they're going to have to really work to overcome with with a group like the Academy, not necessarily the Globes or Screen Actors Guild or Critics Choice or I mean, none of that stuff, but just the Academy. The more of them that cash paychecks with Netflix at the top of it yeah, for a project that they worked on on Netflix or for something they worked on Netflix with and whatever. You know, money talks, baby, especially in especially in this industry. You know, Apple TV won with Coda just two weeks ago or two, yeah. um, two weeks ago, two years ago. And they have a huge player this year with Killers of the Flower Moon, which is Apple yep. TV. But if you look at the rollout for those movies, they're much different than Netflix's kind of weird two week limited thing. And then all of a sudden, because I mean. You know, me and you are prime examples. My kids are going crazy. If I know I can see a movie in two weeks at home and I don't, you know what I mean? I only have one day off or whatever between now and that two-week period. I'm going to probably yeah. watch it at home. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And I don't know. I just feel like it's it might take a little bit more to overcome them for them. But, I mean, we'll see. I mean, they've had some great stuff that I hope that's not the case. Until the old men get off of their lawn and, yeah, and stop shaking their fists at the clouds and stuff like that. That's it. Uh, unfortunately you have to play ball. And I think Netflix's unwillingness to play ball is like souring them. Like if they did the Apple thing where they kept it in theaters for a couple months and then put it on Netflix, I don't think it's going to hurt the chances of the film anymore or less. I think it's still going to do just as well. It's going to yeah. make them some revenue outside of streaming numbers, you know? And I mean, the problem, the problem with it is, is like these, these theatrical runs that Netflix does. They're literally, literally, it, it, it think of the think of the movie Office Space when they go to when they go to Tchotchkes and they have Mike Judge's character there with all the buttons and everything like all over all of mm. his stuff. Or wait, no, it's not Mike Judge. Whatever, but like the one the one waiter that's got all the buttons all over his stuff, and then you got Jennifer Aniston's character who has the minimum number of pieces of flair required. That's what Netflix is doing. They're putting the right. minimum number of pieces of flair on their on their uniform right. and then mike judge is the is the boss at the academy coming over and being like well you know if you put your movie in theaters longer and blah 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 this and give it a wider release and all those kinds of different things right, unfortunately right. until the system changes and i don't know how to even get into that conversation uh you gotta play you gotta play ball i agree with you all right let's talk about now we're going to make this review maybe a little shorter than we anticipated but i guess that was kind of part of the review because netflix is obviously releasing maestro yep Let's give our score out of 10, Nick, and we have not discussed it with each other. It is a segment that we start every review with called the Early Score Reveal. Damn it, this always happens. I think I'm going to score, and then I never score. It's not fair. Speaking of Mike Judge. I know. Wow. Played in there. All right, uh, count us in, Nick. I got something for you here. All right. <clears throat> One, two, three, four. Bam. What do you got? Look at this stingy guy. Look what at him. What do you got? An Look eight. At him. Eight out of ten. All right. Seven out of ten over here. Get it in there. All right. Seven out of ten for me and eight out of ten from Nick is a seven and a half from the P. So I'm getting really good at this math every week. Thank you for that. I'm going to quit the show if you don't stop doing it that fast. You're not even the I Gerald know. I remember. Where's the Gerald who didn't know what like five plus six was? I'm growing, sir. Wow. I'm growing. <laughs> Uh, I'm I'm sophisticated. I know just it's like not this that movie. Panthers hat. I know it's not that Panthers hat. <laughs> Maestro uh, Letterbox says a portrait of Leonard Bernstein's singular charisma and passion for music as he rose to fame as America's first native-born, world-renowned conductor. Obviously, starring Bradley Cooper, directed by Bradley Cooper, also Carrie Mulligan, uh, Maya Hawk, Sarah Silverman has a kind of a unique. Uh, quirky role in this movie. Yeah, really when like. Sarah Silverman showed up in this, I was like, "What?" <laughs> I was like, "Hold on a second, Oscar what? drama." Uh, but she was good. I thought she was good. Yeah, she so, um, general thoughts, guys. We won't get into spoilers quite yet uh, for about five minutes or so with Maestro. You know, it got a seven for me, Nick. I'm gonna uh, let me give you a quick kind of why it didn't quite hit that eight or better mark for me. And right. then I'll throw it over to you for your general thoughts. But for me, it was just like kind of lacking the emotional punch that I was expecting. 
it's going to be hard for me in this review to not compare it to A Star is Born because that movie just fucking wrecked me. <laughs> like, I saw that movie, yeah. I think it was 2018 when it came out. I saw that movie and it was in my top five of the year that year. And it was an emotional roller coaster, that film. It like was I sobbed also, in my car after I left the theater for a few minutes after I watched it. Yeah. yeah. And it was also a movie about music, surrounding music. Music was at the core of the story. Uh, obviously it was different types of music. It wasn't Bernstein type music, but I mean, it was a music movie, you know, and it was just super emotional. And I, I, I was just like really affected during that viewing of it. And I still am when I rewatch it, but with Maestro, I just didn't get that. I, I got a really like intriguing story of this guy that I knew very little about, to be honest with you. Um, I mean, I knew his name. I knew who he was. I knew that he was a famous composer. I knew him from the REM song, which actually comes up in the movie. We'll talk a little bit about it if you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I didn't know, you know, anything about his life. I didn't know about, you know, the homosexuality stuff. I didn't know about any of the personal stuff. I didn't really know much about his wife at all. That's portrayed by Carrie Mulligan, who ironically is the best performance for me. It's not Bradley Cooper. It's her. I think acting wise, she... I'm just in awe of her as as an actress. I mean, she just absolutely just slayed this role. But, you know, my my admiration for this film, and the reason I think it's important to say this is because it's much different than my admiration for, like, A Star is Born. So A Star is Born, for me, uh, was one of my favorites because of my emotional connection to it, the story, uh, the performances, and just how it made me feel. Uh, my connection to this film or my admiration for this film comes really from the craft, you know, the different technical things involved in this movie, which um, were great and one of the best of the year easily from a technical standpoint. But I just was never able in the two hours to really connect emotionally to anything that was happening. I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying it's the movie's fault. It's probably my fault. But I just I'm just being honest with you. I just never. It never hit with me the way A Star is Born did. And I hate to keep comparing the two, but I mean, that's his you know directorial resume right now. Right, right, yeah. But I do love him as a director, and I think that technically, you know, whether you're talking about set design, I mean, even just the abstract kind of keen eye that he had as a filmmaker with a lot of the shots in this film where it was almost like he was thinking it um, and like related on the screen for us. As you know, Bernstein was kind of thinking it, and then it kind of came to like, oh, okay, it's it's transforming from a thought to what we're actually watching. Um, you know, he did a lot of really, really great things in this film from the director's chair, and his performance is good. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I mean, <laughs> what are you kidding me? I mean, he absolutely fucking embodied this guy. So I'm not taking that away from him, but I just didn't. I don't know, man. It was just missing that emotional piece for me. What do you think? Go ahead. General thoughts before we get into spoilers. So I'm going to, first of all, uh, who on earth wrote that letterbox description? That's the worst description of this movie I've ever, ever heard. Because <laughs> here's the thing. Like, is it a biopic of Leonard Bernstein? Yes. In terms of like his personal relationships and things like that. This is not a biopic about like his conducting and composing and like his music. That's the backdrop of the film, obviously, because there are all these are all important parts of his life, but it's not about that. It's about the relationship specifically that he has uh, between he and his wife, Felicia played by Carrie Mulligan. That description is terrible. Do better letterbox, please. Uh, I, I don't disagree with you. That's why the film only gets an eight for me because it, it, so did it resonate with me emotionally a little bit in, in a couple of ways? Yes, but it didn't, it didn't have that complete and total through line for mm -hmm. me where it pulled me into it a hundred percent emotionally. So I, we have that same disconnect there. My score is just a little bit higher than yours. And I was really sad to see that, it didn't win at least one Golden Globe and that it's not getting the love that it deserves for uh, um, Carrie Mulligan because yeah. she is unbelievable in this movie. <laughs> she is. I mean, like, and first of all, like, let, 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 let me let me just put it out there that the reason why it gets the eight 
is the master class, the straight up clinic that Cooper and Mulligan are putting on in this film and say it like I think I, I don't think you're giving Cooper's performance enough credit in this movie to be 100 percent honest I think you think you think about him in any of the other roles he's played think about him in a star is born as Jackson Maine like this alcoholic like the he he, he lowered the register of his voice like the raspy voice and like mm-hmm. a playing that aged rock star kind of vibe like you don't get, you don't even get a a, 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 a a touch of that character in his Bernstein like it's 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 so transformative he disappears into mm-hmm. the role and 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 that's what I really really love about uh, somebody like Cooper who Bradley Cooper's not a character actor. He's Bradley freaking Cooper. Like, you know who he is. Like, he is as A-list talent as A-list talent gets this day and age in film. But yet he's able to disappear so perfectly into these different characters where I don't see. And and, and that and that's true that Daniel Day-Lewis had that, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and other actors of that caliber had that thing where they can really, really just disappear into a character where sometimes you forget you're watching a performance in a film. And, and that's where I felt myself drifting off to during moments in, in, in this film is, is, is just being swept up in everything with it. You know, well, let me ask you this though, my, and you're right. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not like not commending his performance. Don't it, apologize it, to it, me it for was... having an opinion. <laughs> No, I, but I don't want you to mistake my opinion because I, I do think that his performance was phenomenal. I think the direction and the, pardon the pun, the conducting behind the camera was a little bit better. So if I if you're like... That I would agree with. Bradley direction versus Bradley acting versus each other, I'm going to pick directing. In the if I'm giving him an battle. award in this film... One over the other, I'm giving him directing yeah, for this. Yeah, me too. And also, First he's is- got Killian Murphy and Paul Giamatti to deal with, so he's not going to get it anyway, unfortunately for him. But Same question about A Star is Born, though. Which do you give him for A Star is Born, directing or acting? You know, I mean, for me, for me in that movie, it's probably acting. I and you know what's funny is that he got nominated for actor but not director. And a lot of people thought it was a snub for director. He deserved to be year. nominated for director for that yeah, movie too. Like, don't get me wrong, but his performance in that movie is What incredible. I wanted to say, not to get off track with my train of thought here, I got the Panthers beanie on, I got to be quick. <laughs> what I was going to say is like, in Maestro, I liked the movie, I mean, it's a seven, I liked it. But I just felt like, it wasn't cohesive with what I was supposed to be feeling or focusing on. Like there were a, a large portion of the movie was dedicated to his relationship with Felicia, which I found yep. fascinating. I found that very romantic and very old school. You know what I mean? Like uh, the old jazz days. And like, I just kind of had that vibe with them, especially in the beginning of the black and white scenes when they first meet each other. And, they're kind of uh, sharing their loves with each other. For him, it was music, and for her, it was acting. And they're kind of sharing that. And she makes him do the acting lesson. By the way, we're into spoilers. Did we do that, Nick? So spoilers going forward. Anything we talk about the rest of the yeah, night? Yeah, spoilers for this biopic we'll about be, this uh, person who uh, <laughs> died 30 years ago. Yeah, so anything Maestro-related, you'll be spoiled. But there was a lot of stuff devoted to that, right? And then we had the stuff, obviously, with his composing. And his music and the legacy there and when he gets his big shot as a young kid and you know ends up just becoming kind of this phenomenon. And then there was also this kind of like subtext of kind of like their character and the type of personalities that they had, which were larger than life. And they were throwing these parties with the fucking Snoopy balloon at the, <laughs> at the Thanksgiving parade going by. But that's just kind of the life they lived. You know, we look at our windows and we see, you know, an 18 wheeler or whatever, you know, nothing glamorous. But the life that they live is, you know, they have this penthouse at the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. So uh, it was it was kind of all over the place thematically for me. Like I didn't I never really knew what to like hone in on. Do you know what I'm saying? In terms of like, what am I connecting to here? What story am I? What's the most important part of this story? And I don't feel like I ever got that because then we get to the last act of the film and it and it really kind of transforms to Felicia's story, really. 
mm-hmm. because you know she has cancer that she's battling and a lot of the emotional heft of this movie at least for me comes in the end and it's not even around Bernstein it's around Felicia and her kind of acceptance with where you know that she's going to die basically and uh kind of coming to terms with that when her friends come to visit her and she you know, was this old Hollywood diva her whole life and they come to visit her and she's just sickly broken down, uh, you know, person on the verge of death. And that was where I got a lot of the emotion from, which I don't know. I, I, but do you get what I'm saying? Like, it's called Maestro. It's a Bernstein movie. I don't know. It was just, it was weird that the heaviest component of it for me was through Felicia emotionally. Uh, yeah, I don't no, know. I, I just it. feel like that's a. Str- I don't know. What do you think? I mean, that's kind I, of I, what was strange for I me. I think she is the emotional core of the film. I, I really, really do. I think the film. I like. I think it has some pacing issues there in that middle part too, where they're they're like they're fighting like as well as you mentioned. They have the fight at the penthouse there, where yeah. you know it's like she she has this moment where she kind of like breaks down and she's like i don't know if i can survive like i th- i th- maybe like or she says like she fooled herself into thinking she could survive off of like the little bits the little yeah. crumbs that he that he gives her right. in terms of like attentions affections and, and 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 what have you because obviously he's bisexual he's got a thing for dudes he's got a thing for you know whatever so like it, it, that whole thing to me is over too quickly i think if this if the film's central conceit is the relationship between lenny and felicia i feel like that conflict was resolved too quickly mm-hmm. and i think i don't think it happened that way in real life i was reading some i was reading some on him after after i watched the film because mm-hmm. like you I, I didn't know a whole i didn't know a whole lot about his life and they separate they separated for a brief time uh, until she found out she had cancer and then you know he he came back to her and like you know stayed with her until she died and and took care of her and everything like that part is all very very true but like i feel like that is it's 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 like it's it's a it's a it's a thing and then all of a sudden it's just not like he gives this really impassioned performance of of leading an orchestra in in i forget what it was now cathedral or whatever yeah at the, at the cathedral or whatever it's like a really really moving performance he's extremely passionate and everything which i really if if it, you talked about the direction of this movie just to swerve in that direction really really quick that scene that scene is basically a kind of microcosm of the entire direction of this movie that's the if you think about the energy i mean that they have in their performances in the black and white stuff that's in the four three mm-hmm. and 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 the way it kind of cuts frenetically between different things and moves frenetically between things cooper's uh bernstein himself moves and it is so animated and energetic like that's really a microcosm of of the direction that cooper used for the entire film but i don't know like i I said i think i think it maybe had some pacing issues there in in that part of the movie and i think it's easy emotion to elicit for you for me like that part got me a little bit emotional too but i was more emotional i think which part? not because the, i was the cathedral so attached. performance no no no. after that when, when we find out she has cancer oh, okay yeah yeah that's easy emotion to elicit from yourself or from me because we've been affected by it personally we've had you know close friends and family members die from cancer so like it always affects me when i see that kind of thing on the screen you know so I don't know if I was emotional because it's just like I get emotional because of cancer when I mm-hmm. hear about it, when it's a thing, or if it's like, I, I don't, I wasn't really super invested in their story. It's weird for me to say that too, because I'm giving this film an eight. I loved the performances and I love the direction so much, mm-hmm. but I don't think I was super invested in their story as characters, like the two of them together. I don't think I was like, I don't think I was like a hundred percent invested in it. And maybe that'll change on a rewatch. I want to watch it again. Rebecca wants to watch it. So can I ask you before we wrap up on Maestro about the Bradley Cooper kind of, <laughs> I don't even know what to call it. Uh, stigma or just weird kind of thing with him, with the Academy and just his accolades. So he's been nominated nine times and this is pre Maestro. So I would be literally on the floor if he didn't get nominated this year for something. I mean, he's going to get nominated this year. 
So you're looking at a minimum of 10, maybe even 11 if he gets into the director, which I think we're both saying he really should, to be honest. So 10 to 11 nominations, no wins, all right? Do you think that becomes a thing after a while? Because, I mean, for him, I'm talking about when he's making Maestro. So I'm asking your opinion. Of course, he's not going to say. We're not going to know what's going on in his mind because he's probably never going to tell us. In fact, he went on Howard Stern. Did you see that a couple months ago? And Howard Stern no. said, hey, uh, if you could have the Eagles, because he's a huge Philadelphia Eagles fan. If you could have the Eagles win the Super Bowl this year, or you win an Academy Award for Maestro, which one are you going to pick? And without even thinking, he said Eagles win the Super Bowl. <laughs> I think I think I did see that clip. I think I did see that clip on YouTube. <laughs> which tripped me out. But do you know what I mean? Does it get into his psyche as a filmmaker? That's What's your opinion of that? Because, of course, we don't really know the answer to that, but I'm just wondering what you think. It has to be somewhere in the back of his mind. Do I think it necessarily affects the way he approaches uh, his craft? I don't. I think I think he has to think about it on some level because it's it's acting's highest honor. You like if you if you well to bring it back to a football metaphor. I mean, Cooper's almost perfect. I mean, he's got to be an Eagles fan. It's like the one flaw that he has. <laughs> you know, I mean, I know you love that. Yeah. If 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 you're gonna if you if you if you want to become a professional football player, you want to play in the NFL. What's your goal? Win the win Super, Super Bowl. Bowl. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want to be a professional hockey player, you want to win the Stanley Cup, so on and so forth. If you become a professional actor, if acting is your thing, and you've risen to the ranks of being an A-list actor and director, you want to win an Oscar. It's acting's highest honor. It is the ultimate recognition from your peers of of their respect and their acknowledgement of your craft, your hard work, your passion, your dedication, all those things. Mm-hmm. So yeah like that's that's always gotta be like i said do i think he's trying to win an oscar or like thinking about like when he crafts a performance or when he thinks about something in terms of direction i don't think he's trying to win an oscar in terms of like performance or direction but it has to it has to it has well, to play in his mind I, ask, I agree with you that, you know i agree with you a thousand percent and the reason i ask is because i don't know if you've seen it in the last like month or so but he's got a lot of hate on twitter which is like unfounded like i hate it like i'm like what did he ever do to you guys but and I, not even film twitter but just like random because twitter is little a toxic corners of the world that for are everything like, but they're like saying you know the the cathedral scene where he's conducting and he and he learned over several years to learn how to conduct an orchestra so he could recreate that scene Mm-hmm. And I've seen people on YouTube have done split screens of Bernstein actually doing that cathedral performance versus Cooper doing it. And it's, a, it's just fascinating to me. It's, it, I look at it as I'm not trying. He's not trying to win an Academy Award. He's trying to be as true to the story as he possibly can be as a storyteller. You know, I, I mean, that's how I see it. And I, I just yeah, think I, it's really unfortunate that there's different pockets of, you know, whatever entertainment industry that's like kind of trying to take him down for that because saying he's a tryhard, if you will. I mean, that's essentially what the translation is for a lot of these haters online is that he's trying too hard to win an Academy Award. But <laughs> no, no, kind of no, no, like no. what you said. I don't no, think no, he's no. doing it that for that reason. You know, tune in. I, Go go find yourself a, a copy, digital, physical, buy physical media. Go on Amazon, buy yourself yeah. a copy of The Revenant from uh, Alejandro Inarritu, mm-hmm. starring Leonardo DiCaprio, who is v- so desperately trying. Like he's 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 a vegan and he like ate raw meat. Yeah. Like in, in terms of like his dedication to, to this role and everything like that, that's try hard. Like, yeah. and I love Leo. I, I will, I, I will worship Leo, like up left, up left, right. Everything. I love Leo, but my God, he was just like, please give me an Oscar when he, when he, when he did that performance. And finally they were just like, all right, fine. Take it. I hope <laughs> that Cooper never gets to that point in his career. I think I don't he's think really, it was really for talented. Maestro even close though. Like, but I here's think- the thing. Here's what's going to end up happening, G, because this this happens. This happens to a lot of people in Hollywood. 
he's going to churn out. He's going to he's going to make something else. It's going to be even more acclaimed and he's going to be even better. And he's going to direct it even better. He's going to be even better. Mm-hmm. And then finally, years from now, years and years from now, he's going to turn in a performance that's pretty good pretty good it's it's good maybe not the cooper of old but it's still really good but that's the one he's going to win for because he's due we got it we, we better just give him one at this point because he's done he's gotten so many nominations we have to just give him one eventually and i can assure you we're living through that history right now where and of course he's this phenomenal is, in this film this, i was gonna say of no, course there's this, nothing about this performance nah, that's try hard there's, i agree there's so much passion and 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 and, and vigor and energy of telling lenny's tale here yep. like lenny and felicia's tale like there's so much he has so much passion and energy and so much love for this and that oozes out in every single frame of this movie that's insane to me i agree and it's it's just a stupid stupid thing and i i don't think i mean look dude you know, we're talking logistics here. I mean, the guy's up against Scorsese and no one this year. <laughs> All right. I mean, even he would look at you and go, I'm good. This is not going to happen for me. But, and then from an acting perspective, you got Killian Murphy, Paul Giamatti. I mean, it's a it's a tough road for him. But my point is, I, and I'm not even kidding. I'm just telling you right now. I don't think that is going to lessen his pride in what he created with the maestro. No, I I 100% agree. I think he is going to, or he should be, extremely proud of this project, and it is a fascinating piece of filmmaking. The performance, like you said, is extremely devoted and dedicated to to the trueness of Bernstein and their relationship with you know his relationship with Felicia and so you know you got to pause to say it every time too because now you keep thinking Berenstain Bears and that's all that's in my head like this whole time I've just been like don't say it wrong don't say it wrong don't say it wrong right right yeah you you rubbed off on me but anyway uh Panthers uh, head don't blame me (laughs) final thoughts on wrapping up on Maestro Uh, real quick I'll just say that you know for me I just wish it had a little more emotional heft to it I just wish it had made me feel kind of a little bit more like a Star Is Born did like his performance in Silver Linings Playbook did. It was a fascinating piece of filmmaking that I was astounded by and that I admired like the whole time. And that I was like, oh my God, this is, I respect this. This is tremendous. I, I could never do anything even remotely close to this, but I just didn't feel anything emotionally. And yeah. that's where it loses a couple points for me. But you know, I think his directing is literally flawless. I think he took what he did in the Stars Born and he made it more uh, grandiose. You know, is a lot is a lot of things in this film that are um, really like he's experimenting. You know, and I, I I respect that too. I respect that he has the balls to be like, I'm going to do this weird sequence where I'm thinking that I'm entering the theater but I'm in bed with my lover, but then I'm actually in the theater and it cuts to me. You know what I mean? Like, I like that he did that. Like do it, man. Like, you know, make your mark, like add to your resume. I think it's great. And I love him. I absolutely love him. I cannot wait for the day that he is on the Oscar stage. I just, I don't know if it's bad timing or if it's the Netflix thing, or I don't know what it is, but I just feel like he's going to get left in the dust again this year, which sucks. Cause like we said, that'll be like 11 nominations with nothing. Uh, but I love him and you know, I like the movie. I just, at the end of the day, I just wish it made me f- kind of have a little more feeling emotionally, but uh, go ahead and wrap up on your thoughts on my there. I, I, I feel like, I feel like it's bad timing, but I don't feel like it's bad timing because of the other things that are released this year. I think there's strong things that it would have contended against every year. Like that's always true. I think it's more bad timing because the criticism came out and then the whole thing with the chairs, Twitter was all on him <laughs> because he's like, I don't have chairs. They're on trying my to find a way to bring him down. Yeah. yeah. Twitter, Twitter was imagining these scenarios where Cooper was like kicking people out of wheelchairs and like, th- like throwing every chair, burning every chair that was on the studio lot and stuff. You know, it's like, he just means like in video village, like where like his, like whatever, like for dailies and stuff like the, the shot, like people chill. 
chill okay yeah. like he allows chairs on sets like there's 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 scenes in the movie where there's people sitting in chairs guys you know like i mean chill out like and like but it's like the weird criticism about the prosthetic nose thing although isn't just me and i've never heard the real life leonard bernstein speak did cooper sound a bit nasally to you this whole movie i don't know if that's yeah if that's I don't know if that's how Leonard sounded. No, it's uh, it's extremely true to the dialect that that Bernstein had himself. I watched because a lot I of... couldn't stop thinking about the prosthetic nose and wondering if it was the prosthetic nose that was making him sound that nasally or not. He is very, very uh, authentic in the uh, replication of of Bernstein's dialogue. I'll take it. But yeah. I mean, like to, to 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 completely agree with you about the direction. I mentioned this when we reviewed Saltburn as well for Emerald Fennell. Uh same exact praise to give Cooper here. This is 100% the film that Cooper wanted to make and I think that oozes out onto every frame as well. I think Cooper sensational, but I think even more so is Carrie Mulligan. She is the emotional core of this film. She gives the best legitimately an absolute knock out of the park so performance good. in this film she and cooper are great on screen together and mm -hmm. I, I just I, I i'm right there in the same boat with you score slightly higher but same exact kind of feeling is yeah. i wanted to connect to this material more and i didn't and i don't know where along the process that it failed for me in that regard. I don't know where that failure was. Well, I just don't think it, it. I just don't. Deeply, and I don't mean to interrupt your final thought. I just don't think it. I mean, I don't know, but I, in my mind, I don't think it knew where it wanted to go ultimately. Like, because yeah. it really, you might be right. Yeah. I mean, it really kind of veers off from Bernstein to really Felicia. <laughs> I mean, the last like 30 minutes of the movie, which I mean was great. And that was the most emotional connection I had was during her part with the cancer and everything else. But it also wasn't the story for the first two thirds. You know I mean? It just kind of became the story. Yeah. So I, I think that's where that lack is. I feel like you needed more conflict there. And I feel like you needed to really, if it was going to be, if the core of the film, if, if it's about their relationship, then I think you needed to dial in on that even a little bit harder. And yeah. maybe, maybe for all of the praise that we're giving Cooper's direction in this film, because Cooper also co-wrote this film, mm -hmm. like you got a, you got a co-writing credit on this film. Maybe mm -hmm. Cooper, the writer let this down a little bit. You know, I don't know who penned what, like we can't obviously know that, but you know, it, it could be something where I don't know what parts Cooper necessarily might've helped write or, whatever else i mean who knows like but but yeah there was just there was just some connective thread missing i think that really would have stitched yeah. this whole thing together into this grand magnum opus uh that, that would have been literally perfect but but you can't help but give a standing o and admire this film i mean it, it yeah. technically the performances predominantly from him and mulligan are just like jaw dropping i loved i, mean, I loved so even good. even just the, the 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 playing with aspect ratios the playing with black and mm -hmm. white yeah he did a lot of experimental shit the way that the, the the scenes in the 40s and 50s were shot with the dan calls it the 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 fast talking high trousers mm -hmm. kind of dialogue like it kind of it kind of tapped into like that old school i agree screen mentality where it feels it feels like it's a little bit older of a film there and then it kind of like the how it's stitched together into all one movie with, with like you know the modern stuff the more modern stuff which is in the the widescreen and everything like that is mm -hmm. is really really great i agree like it's 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 got a lot of really 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 great flourishes i agree uh I so agree. i i just i yeah eight out of ten i loved it i stand by it i love and an eight from nick a seven for me puts maestro at a 7.5 overall from the peas and like i said probably the last big release of 2023 that we will review on this show all right, there you go. That's our discussion on Maestro. Next week, Nick, let's uh, get our boy Justin Winters in here in some silk pajamas laying on his bed. Oh, and we'll, uh, yeah. We'll talk to that dude. Better not be wearing those silk pajamas. <laughs> we will discuss our top five movies of 2023, and in peace fashion, we will probably round out our top tens. But stay tuned for that. You never know. I'm going to do a top nine just to Actually, Winters already hit me up. He texted me. He said, hey, dude, can I, I can only do five. And I'm like, yeah, man, but round out your top ten. You're on the P's. 
So he gonna... knows better. He should know. <laughs> he knows the format of the show. He's going to be bringing his tent. Man, it's going to be weird. So, it's good because it's been so much of the review format and doing this. We're going yeah. we're we're to get go back, back to the, the old school. form. Yeah, it's going to be weird. Mm. It's going to be weird. Gerald's going to have the worst takes of all. We'll I'm telling to, you now. Uh, and we'll have to do this for live stream, gonna too. going to be high up there. It's going to be terrible. It could be. Thanks, Del. Oh, God. Oh, God. I can't wait <sighs> to hear you just cringe in your seat when I put Five Nights at Freddy's as my number what three. If, <laughs> will you invite winners back on the show if Flash is his number one? Oh, God. Um, <laughs> I mean, I love winners, so sure. Why not? We could show him the error of his ways. All right, let's do that next week, Nick. We will uh, talk about our top five movies of 2023. Don't forget, guys, please subscribe. Please follow the podcast if you listen on audio. Because not only are we doing our top five movies of 2023 next week, but we are starting the whole run for the Golden Peace. And JD will be here from In Session, Nicole from Awards Watch, and we will announce the nominees. And then voting will be open. That is two days before this episode for the 2023 movies drop. So please subscribe and get ready for all of that action as we celebrate 2023 at the movies. Nick, me and you, Sunday night with Justin Winters. And we will do our top five movies of the year, buddy. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. And as always, I love you, brother. Love you, man. I'm going to go uh, on EMS and order myself some silk pajamas now. Figure we all should just we do should the all wear just the to silk. get ready for it. I'll yeah, be just cold be out here, though. That won't Solidarity keep with winners. <laughs> oh, we'll get you a little get you, get you a little blanky. It's going to be make so it cold. sheer. All right, that's fine. We'll figure it out. <laughs> all right, man. I'll see you next week. I love you. Peace.